Julia, can you get that up there? Thanks. This is the theme of the day. Fire. I'm going to read a verse just like we did this morning at the beginning. Jeremiah 20 and 9 says, Then I said I will make I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. So I'm gonna preach a few minutes. Um, very cleverly titled Fire. Let's pray one more time together. Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you. For your spirit, God, that's working here. Uh, for your anointing, God, I pray that you would continue to minister through your word tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, that you would encourage us. Hallelujah, God, that you would strengthen your church. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's not going to be the same as this morning, the message. So don't think it is very similar. We titled same sort of theme, but. Um, Jeremiah, he developed the nickname, the weeping prophet. He was known for being emotional, crying from time to time. And I don't really think that's a fair nickname. Some of us cry easier than others. How dare they point that out? I'm not very nice with the Bible and characters' nicknames. Doubting Thomas, weeping prophets. I don't know. Give the guys a break. <laughs> But God still used Jeremiah. And it's believed that Jeremiah wrote the books of 1st and 2nd Kings, Jeremiah and Lamentations. That's a pretty good chunk of scripture there. So he did get some other things done in between his crying. And he went, Jeremiah went through a lot of things. According to our friend of Wikipedia, Jeremiah was called to prophecy in around 6, 26 BC by God to proclaim Jerusalem's coming destruction by invaders from the north. This was because Israel had again forsaken God and was worshiping the idols of Baal and burning their children as offerings to Baal. The nation had deviated so far from God's laws that they had broken the covenant, causing God to withdraw his blessings. Jeremiah was guided by God to proclaim that the nation of Judah would suffer famine foreign conquest, plunder, and the captivity captivity in a land of strangers. That's a good thing to have to preach to someone. But Israel was in a mess when Jeremiah came on the scene, um, so far away from God. And God had promised them throughout the Old Testament that if they were faithful, he would bless them. But they fell away and fell far away from God. They were sacrificing their children. They were doing all sorts of wicked and evil things. They've long ago broken their covenant with God and their promises to God, and God had finally had enough, and he was starting to pull away from them, and he was starting to remove some things from them and take their blessings away, and pulling himself away from, Israel, uh, from Judah. Uh, because you can only do that for so long. You can only live for the world or for pleasure or for our flesh or for ourselves so long before God. You know, I've I've tried. I've worked, and I've. I used to hear horrible. Oh, I'm not going to tell the stories, but um, 
Sometimes we can get these ideas in our head, you know, I'll just do this for a little bit and I'll come back. And, you know, it hardly ever happens like that. And so by the time we get to our opening text, quite a fair bit into the book of Jeremiah, Israel is in quite a mess. You can't even recognize them anymore. At the beginning of Jeremiah, when he's first called, he's instrumental um, working with Josiah and restoring some things. But by the time he gets to the end, it's, it's a mess again. And, um, <laughs> you can't even recognize Israel or Judah anymore. They, they look just like the rest of the world. And so God is using Jeremiah to prophesy. And he sends him and he gets the super fun task to preach and prophesy about the destruction of Jerusalem and to tell the people that they've, they're wrong and they've been wrong for a very long time. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your lives, but there's one thing that people don't like being told and it's that they're wrong. For some reason, whatever reason you want to start a fight, tell, tell them they're wrong. Either that or calm down. Those are the two things that'll really get uh, something going. Tell them that the way that they're living is wrong. Nowadays, that's classified as hate speech. And so our friend Jeremiah, he prophesies and he preaches and he does what God calls him to do, but they get upset with him and they he gets beaten by the other priests and by the priests and he gets attacked and he gets put in stocks which are locked and then he is mocked. And that is where we find Jeremiah. He's been trying to live for God and he's been speaking the word of God. He's been doing what God called him to do and the people were attacking him and fighting him, uh, abusing him, hurting him, doing all these things to him. The people that he cared most about, the people that he loved, the ones he desperately wanted to see saved, the ones that he wanted to see turned around. And sometimes that's what happens. You live for God, you pray for um, people, you, your family, your loved ones, and you try to help them, you try to share the gospel with them, you try to testify to them or minister to them, maybe you try to step out in faith, or you try to share the word of God with someone, you do what you feel God is calling you to do, and they reject it, or you get attacked, or they lash out at you, or you get disowned, or kicked out if that's the case, or cut off relationships, and sometimes you even get physically abused and and all you did was love and all you did was share the word and all you did was care about their soul but it backfires it looks like and you pour your heart and out and it gets kind of thrown back in your face and that's not a, a pleasant place to be it's a miserable spot that's why jeremiah wept so much it's disheartening it's depressing and distressing and those are just the disses you reach and 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 reach and you get rejected but jesus said that we should expect that. In fact, he said that you're blessed when that sort of thing happens. He said, blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Oh, so for that, that's for that reason. Then, then you're blessed, not because, you know, other reasons. But rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. So it's okay if you get in that place because they, they did it to all the prophets. They did it to Jesus. And he said, you know, you should rejoice in it. You're blessed. But Jeremiah, he gets to that point where he is just super discouraged, which is understandable. 
I think anyone in any sort of ministry has been there, down and out. You just kind of have enough. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Um, just me. I've been there a few times. Just generally about once a week, um, on average. Um, but Jeremiah, <laughs> you know, he keeps trying, but no one seems to be listening. He's preaching, no one's responding. He keeps reaching, and no one's coming. He's giving everything, but it doesn't seem to be enough. And so this is where we find him. He's had enough, and he gets upset with God. Basically, he's saying things like, you, you tricked me, you've convinced me to go in this ministry. Why did you do this to me? Why did you call me to do this if you knew this is what was going to happen? And he gets upset, not so much maybe at God, just the way that it's going, but as often we do, he takes it out on God. And that's okay, because he can handle that. But he makes up his mind, and he says, okay, I'm done. I'm not preaching anymore. I quit. I'm not talking to these people anymore. I'm not going to tell them what you want me to anymore. I'm done. And I, I do that. I've done that too. <laughs> Just this morning. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> I mean, if you've ever tried to witness or minister or work with anyone, um, Sunday school, you know, teaching Bible studies, reaching for someone. There's always that point where it's like, why? Why even bother? Why do I even try? They don't want to listen. They're just going to do what they want to do anyway. It's like raising children. But keep speaking the word because the Bible says in Isaiah, another prophet, um, 51 and 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall... Prosper in the thing whereto I sent him. When the word goes out, it doesn't return empty. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. And it may take a while. It may float around and bounce around and before it accomplishes what it's set out to do. But the word is never going to return a void. And I think that is both an encouraging and a terrifying thing. Depending on what side you're on. Because Jeremiah was preaching for repentance and he was preaching warnings. And if the people had repented, that would have been great. But they obviously didn't. You know, they go into captivity and they do all this stuff. And the warnings of the word, they also came true. We usually preach that about blessings coming back. But sometimes there's the other side of that. You can preach and preach and preach and tell people about sin. And if they don't repent... The word's coming true. The word's not returning void. The word is a two-edged sword. It pierces and it cuts. And sometimes when we don't yield, it brings pain. How many warnings have come across a pulpit that have been ignored? And someone has been lost to sin. And how many times has a chance to repent been given and ignored? And someone lost because they didn't respond to the word. And the word is going to do what the word is going to do. It's up to us to Respond which way we're going to see it happen. And so preach and teach and share. The word is not going to return void. It's going to do what it's going to do. Even if no one seems to be listening or caring or responding, preach and share the word anyway. Keep planting that seed. Keep watering the word. It's going to do what it needs to one way or another. Because unless we do that, unless we continue to preach, unless we continue to witness, unless we continue, nothing, nothing's going to change. Romans 10, it says, how shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? That's a good question. 
How are they going to call on him? They don't, they don't believe in him. How, how are they going to believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they ever going to believe if no one tells them? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Someone's got to tell them. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Someone's got to send them. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them to preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And so we need to continue to preach. We need to continue to um, share the word. And we'll get more into that. But Jeremiah, he was so frustrated. He basically tells God, I quit. And he says, then, said, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. He said, I'm not going to mention God anymore. I'm not even going to say his name. I am not going to talk about him. I'm not going to share his word with anyone. I'm not going to teach anyone. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to speak anything that he wants me to. I'm not going to testify. I am done with it because what is the point? These people aren't hearing and they're not, no one listens, no one cares, no one responds, nothing's growing, every, everyone's still lost, and the family's still backslid and the, uh, the spouse still won't come, the kids are still a mess, life is still the same as it was when I started doing this, nothing's changed, still dead, still hurt, lost, still hurt, and still pain. He said, I'm not even going to talk about God anymore. And this is a good, this is a good first half of the message, right? I realize a lot of these can set me up for a resignation. And that's it! <laughs> Sorry. That's just the way my head works. But the rest of the verse, you gotta take the rest of it. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. This verse always stood up to me, because whenever I heard it preached, they would always say, shut up in my bones. And we weren't allowed to say that at home. And so it always stuck in my head. <laughs> I remember this verse from being a child. But his word, it's like a burning fire, he said. The old, something... I wish that the same thing that got a hold of Jeremiah could get a hold of us. There's a fire shut up in my bones. I tried to stop it, but I couldn't. I tried to quit God, but I couldn't because this fire was burning inside. I tried to stop preaching. I tried to, tried to stop telling people about him, but there's something about his word. There's something about his name. There's something about his presence. There's something about who he is. I just can't get away from it. I just can't quit it. I just can't stop and I just can't turn back and pretend I don't know anything about this. There's something about his word. You want to know why church attendance is so important? You want to know why the Bible study is so important? Why reading the Bible is so important? Jeremiah tried to quit, but the thing that would have let him quit was the word that was in his heart. I wanted to stop, he said, but the word was in my heart burning like a fire. And we need to put Jesus in our heart. We need to get the word in our heart. We need to get the spirit working. Like we said this morning, we need to remember our testimony. We need to get the word in our heart because there are going to come times when we become so frustrated and annoyed with everyone and everything. And we want to quit. And we want to give up. And it seems like nothing is happening and nothing is growing and nothing is changing and nothing is moving. And everything that we try falls apart and all our attempts get thrown back at our face 
When we feel like weeping, like Jeremiah, nothing seems to be working. And there are going to be times of our, in our lives of discouragement where we want to throw in the towel, times of questions and why, why try, why bother, why are we doing this? No one else seems to believe it anymore. No one else seems to care. No one cares about holiness. No one cares about um, faithfulness. No one cares about Jesus or separation. Why am I still doing it? Why am I trying to live right? What is the point and who cares? And there are times when we wonder and there are times when we will feel like we are all alone and nobody else seems to care about it. Not the church, not our family, not our friends, not the pastor, not God even sometimes. You know, It's not true, but we think it. We feel like, like Elijah, I'm the only one serving you. I'm the only one living for you. Maybe there are times where even, we even regret trying. Times of discouragement that come. There's going to be times when we cry ourselves to sleep at night and it feels like there's no tears left. Times when the hurt is more than we thought we could ever hurt. People just do what people do. Attacking and fighting and it feels like we can't give anymore there's times where we are just exhausted and we feel like everyone relies on us and we're worn out trying to please and hold it all together and act right and look right and say the right things and this is where Jeremiah was just broken just hurt upset and frustrated he had given everything he had his life to this nothing seemed to be changing it just seemed to be getting worse and there may come times when we feel like that. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. But there was this fire. There was a fire in my heart. When we feel like quitting, when we feel like giving up, when we're exhausted and worn out and tired and beat down and all the other things I have written down here, I don't feel like reading them. When we're tired of all, we got all these things going on in our lives. When we feel like throwing it away. We need that fire. Stirring in our heart like a fire burning in my heart. I try to ignore it. I try to push it aside. I try to quit. I try to walk away but it's burning and I can feel it and I can't stop it. It's burning in my heart and it's forcing its way out. What you put in your heart now is going to sustain you later when you feel like quitting. The word that you put in your heart today is what's going to keep you tomorrow when you're worn out and you're discouraged and you're frustrated and you don't think you can do it anymore. You can't light a fire unless there's something there to burn. This word's not going to burn like a fire in our heart if the word isn't in our heart. We need to put his word in our heart now today for tomorrow and when that day comes and when discouragement comes and that word is what's going to keep you because there's something about Jesus there's something about his word I can't quit I can't leave him there's something about his name there's something about his presence the power of his spirit I just can't get away from it there's something about his word his word is like a fire and I try to ignore it but there is this burning there is this simmering there is under all the ashes of disappointment and discouragement there's something burning there it's there when the, the storm is raging it's there when the stones are flying it's there when the enemy is attacking 
And his word says things like in Philippians 1 and 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. His word tells me that he's going to finish what he started. So if I'm discouraged and I feel like what's the point, his word says that he's going to do what he started in me. His word says things like Philippians 4 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Everything that I'm facing, whatever he's calling me to do, whatever he's asking of me, I can do it. His word says in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what I'm going through right now, no matter how frustrated I am or what's happening in my home or what's happening in my family, everything's going to work together for good because I know that I, I love him and I have been called according to his purpose. His word tells me that. And when I'm discouraged, I can feel that burning in my heart. I can feel that word starting to light in my heart again. It says things like Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. There is a power that we receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. And his word reminds me that there is a power I can overcome whatever it is that I'm facing. There's power to be a witness. There's power to continue to preach. There's power to continue to do what he's calling me to do. That's what his word tells me. It says in John, 1 John 5 and 14. I got a whole bunch of these. Write them down if you want. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. When I'm discouraged, I can go to the word and remember that stirs something up in my heart that I can remember that no matter what I ask, if it's according to his will, he hears me. No matter how discouraged I am, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter if anyone else is listening to me, he hears me. If I ask according to his will, I can believe that. When I feel like I don't know where to turn and I feel like I'm all alone, his word says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you when I'm discouraged. <laughs> when I just feel like, I don't know, I'm just the only one. God is with us. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. When you're battling, when you're hurt, there's a fire burning. That word is burning. That word is for you. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. When I feel weak, his word says in Isaiah 40 and 31, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint when I'm tired. <laughs> His word says that there's strength. Amen. I can feel that burning when I try to quit. When I, feel, I, don't, I can't do it anymore. I can't walk anymore. I can't go anymore. His word says that there's strength. All I got to do is wait on him. I can feel that fire start to burn again. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. No matter what I face, no matter what I go through, his word says that he's with me. I can go through the water and he's with me. I can go through the fire and nothing is going to happen. There's a fire that's burning in my heart. Isaiah 48, 54 and 7, that's it. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. No matter what anyone tries to do, 
They were attacking Jeremiah. They were beating Jeremiah. They were locking him up, but no weapon formed against him was going to prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. That's a big one. Because whenever you try to do anything for God, someone's going to start talking. Someone's going to start condemning. Whenever you try to preach, they're going to start they're going to start saying stuff. Whenever you try to step out in faith, they're going to start going, oh, well, this guy, he's a mess. He doesn't, whatever, they're going to condemn and they're going to say all kinds of things. But the word says that he's going to condemn those that rise up in judgment, those that start saying things that aren't true. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness is of me, say the Lord. I can be encouraged when I'm facing these things. There's a, there's a fire, there's a word in my heart. Oh, we got more. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise I have. That's a word in my heart. So 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a promise that all I need to do is humble myself. And pray and seek seek his face. He's going to answer. He's going to work. No matter where, wherever I'm at, there's a word for us. Amen. In my heart. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, a couple chapters later. Oh, I went too far ahead. We'll do this one first. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not. Neither be dismayed. There are times when we are so discouraged and so frustrated, it feels like nobody else cares. God, sometimes we even feel like God's turned his back on us. You read through the Psalms, there's all kinds of Psalms. Why, why have you forsaken me? Why have you, where are you, God? I don't know where you are. I can't hear you. I can't feel you. But there's a word that says that he hasn't forsaken. There's a word that says he hasn't failed. There's a word that says I don't need to fear and I don't need to be dismayed because he's going before me and he's with me. There's a word for whatever it is that I'm facing. And if I have that word in my heart, it's going to start burning when I'm in that situation. Jer Jeremiah, let's try it this time. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is what Jeremiah says later. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. This is a guy that went through all kinds of stuff. And this is the word he got. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. He's going to, God's not out to destroy us. God's not out to, whatever, show us who's boss. He's not out to cause all kinds of problems in our lives. He's there for peace and not of evil. That's what he's thinking about us. And there are times when it feels like that's the opposite. But if I can get that word in my heart, it's going to start burning again. Just two more and we're done. Psalm 9 and 9. So the Lord will also be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name shall, or will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. He is, he has not forsaken us. When it feels like it, we need to get that word in our heart. He's not forsaken us. He is a refuge in times of trouble. The last one, 11 and 9. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Whatever it is, 
All we got to do is ask. All we got to do is seek. All we got to do is knock. And he's going to give it. And he's going he's gonna to answer. And he's going to open. There's a word. And this is why I haven't been able to quit. There are times when I get so discouraged. And there are times when I get times in my life when I just don't even know what even is the point anymore. There are times when I get so... I'm not up here to have a pity party and make you feel bad for me. But there have been times in my life where I've gone through moments and gone through things and stuff with our church back home and friends and walking away and causing all kinds of issues. And there's all these things and it's been the word that's kept me. It's been the word that reminds me my mother made me memorize verses, made me go to Bible quizzing. I hated it. Every morning she made me learn a few verses. And I fought her every day. But I'm here because of that. It's because we had those Sunday school teachers would make us learn memory verses and give us prizes, you know. And that's what we did. We got the word in our hearts somewhere. I had, they drug me to church every time the doors were open. Every service. We didn't have kids things on Wednesdays. I had to listen to people preach about Revelation for an hour and a half. It was terrible. I didn't know what they were talking about. But somehow that word got in my heart. And that's what's kept me. And there's been times I don't even, what is the point? I know I can't, I can't. There's something burning. There's something in my heart. I'm going to try to wrap this up. If we can. <laughs> have some music. And I know his word says all those things we read and more. And I got to get that in my heart. So the next time when I'm feeling alone, I remember his word said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And the next time I feel oppressed and I feel like everyone is attacking and everyone's ganging up on me, I can remember his words said that he's a refuge for those that are oppressed. When it feels like nobody is listening, know that when I call on his name, he hears. And if I'm discouraged and I feel like quitting, I can remember all of these things. Because his word is a fire in my heart. Shut up in my bones. The more word we have, the more we're going we're gonna to make it. The thing about fire is once it's going, when we talked about fire this morning, we start a fire out in the open. Once it gets going, it can be hard to contain. Remember earlier in the year? That was a good time. Not really. But it was just out of control. Fire can be hard to contain. And when we feel discouraged and remember the word, that word gets burning, that word gets going, and it's not long before we can't contain it anymore. It's not long before that word becomes worship, and that's that comes out in prayer, and it comes out, God, I don't know why. God, I'm so thankful that you that you never leave me, you never forsake me. I'm thankful that you forgive. I'm thankful that I can call on your name. I'm thankful that you're my refuge. I'm thankful for all of these things. 
When you get discouraged, remember that the words start burning and it comes out in prayer, it comes out in worship, and it spreads to our family, and it spreads to our, our neighbors and to our church, and it spreads to the neighboring churches, and it's long, long before God is moving again in your life. And that's, we said this morning, the spirit is like the, like the wind, like the air. When the word and the spirit get together, the fire gets going. Jeremiah said, I want to quit. I don't want to do it anymore. It's like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't stop. And I know you guys know the Bible. You guys know. You knew all those verses I read. I know it. <laughs> we need the Spirit to start working with that. We're going to pray here in a minute. Hallelujah. If you're discouraged tonight, if you're like Jeremiah, and you just, I don't know, feel like I've been giving it and giving it, and nobody's, nothing's changing, nothing's happening. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord like David did. Would you remember these things? Let that word start to burn. Let that word start to, to activate. Let the spirit breathe. Let that fire spread and come out again. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to open the altar. If you want to come and pray, please do. Want to pray with someone? Please do. Spread that fire. It's like a fire. Remember, we need the word in our hearts. I know it's in there. I know we've got the word in our minds. I know we know the things. But we got to get that in our heart. When that's in our heart, there's nothing that's able to put that out. No discouragement, no tribulations or trials, nothing we face is able to put that fire out once that's in our heart. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Shut thy soul, Lord.